Hey, you, it's Nina here. <laughs> and have I got an episode for you? So, uh, full disclosure. I regularly am talking on the podcast about my personal life, about real stories and real moments that are triggered, right? Of course, we want to transform hard conversations into teachable moments. So I use real examples, um, not just from my life, but also from other people's lives, right? You all have heard interviews that I have on the show. I have very readily spoken about my divorce and the divorce process, but I am about to sign paperwork that says I will no longer discuss the litigation process on social media until things are finalized. So I want to honor this. I'm, I am definitely a rule follower, if nothing else. Uh, and I want to follow this. And in light of this, you are going to notice that shift, right? I'm still going to tell you about my personal stories. I am still going to go into triggered moments, but I am going to leave out some of the more specific things, uh, which will leave much to your imagination. <laughs> And yet still, I promise you, we will have skills. And so today, uh, because I have not yet signed that paperwork, but do want to honor that, I am going to start with the story uh, that is about the divorce process, but that's all I'm going to leave you with for now. Uh, this episode in particular is going to be for all of you out there who are struggling with emotionally hijacked moments, right? You've been triggered. You're feeling really big feelings. You've been emotionally hijacked. And then you're like, now what do I do? I want to talk to you about emotional hijacking protocols, okay? <laughs> I know I'm playing with this, which is, of course, what we do on this podcast, right? So that's what we're going to be you know, exploring and empowering today. And of course, it's not going to be everything on you know, protocols for emotional hijacking, but it is going to be at least one facet so that you can explore how to transform those hard conversations when you are emotionally hijacked into super teachable moments. So get a journal on hand or have a really good friend to dialogue with about what comes up for you in this episode. Yes, because you know for now, I am curious. You ready to play? Welcome to Triggered. Can we play with that? You know that moment when your emotions ramp up in an instant, leaving you feeling helpless, frozen, or out of control? In that moment, you've been emotionally hijacked, the very definition of triggered. And I want to ask you, can we play with that? I'm Nina El Garcia, drama therapist and empowerment coach of Houston Creative Arts Therapy. Join me as we discover ways to empower you and the people who mean the most to you to transform hard conversations into teachable moments. Triggered. Real playful. Real respectful. Real empowered. Let's take a breath. And launch right into story time. So picture it. I recently went to a conference and at the conference, very stressful time. It was not quite the reset that I was really wanting. And I had to get on a flight to get out there. And there was a lot of drama when I was out there. And then I had to figure out, you know, what am I going to eat before I leave? And what am I going to do? And so I am having this very human experience and it is leaving me vulnerable. I'm feeling emotional. I need to eat. I probably haven't had enough sleep if I'm honest on that trip, right? And so I'm already vulnerable to an emotional hijacking. I want you to click save on that. What makes you vulnerable to an emotional hijacking? Okay. One of the skills that we utilize to figure out 
how we can address our vulnerability is HALTS. H-A-L-T-S. I say that like that because I will show you why in a minute. H is for hungry. A is for angry. L is for lonely. T is for tired. S is for sad or sick or unsaturated, right? Like, have you had enough water? Okay. Halts your basic needs to say, oh, let me deal with this, right? Halt and deal with this so that I can be less vulnerable when a curveball from life does happen to hit. And a curveball did hit, my friends. So I'm already sitting in a vulnerable space. I end up having this fantastic lunch in the Little Italy section of San Diego, which I didn't know was a thing, but hey, now we all know. And it was incredible. And then I get this email right at the end and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll look at it in the car. And I look at it in the car and it's new information about a lie that has been told about me that I now have to prove why this is a lie. Now, the fact that there are lies going on about me in this process is not a surprise, but the exhaustion, the emotional exhaustion that comes in knowing that somebody is out there telling lies about you that you then have to prove, right? This isn't just somebody I can walk away from. I have to prove this with lawyers and in a court of law, right? That this is my truth and not just my truth, but in fact, reality for everyone. So I get this email that says, in, in my own words right here, Nina, you're going to have to prove that, you know, this is a lie because this is what we think about you. And that's the story we have. And we're sticking to it. <laughs> I was so triggered that I immediately started like rocking, right? This is how I know a part of my trigger is like, I'm rocking. I'm trying to self-soothe. Okay. How many of you raise your hand or self-soothers out there? You start rocking or like you start like twitching your foot or your hand is like, you know, you start uh, moving your hand, right? Or anything like that. These are like, my body's overstimulated right now. What do I need? I need a funnel for this energy to escape. So I start rocking, right? And then I'm like, this isn't working. This isn't working. I get out of the car, I strap my backpack on. I'm like, I'm at the airport now. I've got to find the right gate. It's my first time at this airport. So I'm sort of looking around. I have no, I'm, and the signs aren't making sense, right? I have no idea where I'm supposed to go. My brain is so hijacked. I'm trying to figure out how to read the signs and I cannot. So I stop moving for a second and I say, Nina, you need to ground. Click save. If you do not know how to ground, head over to Google, right? I take a moment, I physically stop and I ground my feet and I take a breath in and I have stopped moving. And then the world begins to look like the world again. Not that's such a threatening place. I go, oh, those are stairs going down. That doesn't make sense. Oh, look, this man is looking at me. Oh, now he's asking me a question. And of course, what is he asking me? As the universe would have it, where are you trying to head? And I said, united. And he said, fantastic, it's this way. And it was exactly what I needed. I needed that external support to help direct me, move me a little bit quicker along in this moment, but I also needed to ground. Who has control over us grounding? Only you, my friend, right? Only you can control what's going on in your body. So I took that moment to ground, super beneficial. And then I moved forward. I felt a little bit more in control. I had the direction. I knew where I was going. And I'm very readily practicing my breathing. Like save, if breathing is not a part of your emotional hijacked protocol, please go find a breath that works for you. Being able to control your breath is hugely effective in helping the part of your brain that hijacks you 
to feel less threatened. Yes, if you feel more in control, your brain can feel less threatened. You can move through and make decisions that are effective for you and other people, right? So we keep going. I'm readily practicing my breathing. I do a four square breath. I like to inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. Yes. And if you're watching me on YouTube, you can see my hand is going in a square. This is a square breath. Okay. Practiced in the military for all of you who are like, breath is so woo-woo, right? Breath work is so woo-woo. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it's good enough for the military, good enough for me. Now, of course, that's a much bigger statement. We're not going to explore that statement. But in this moment, breathing, square breath, highly effective, okay? So I'm using the square breath as I walk through. I get in line and I'm waiting. And this is where that emotional hijacking starts to tick. Tick, 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 increase, right? It's increasing. Can you hear it increasing? I'm there and my breath work is not working for me. I start to feel a shudder in my body and I start to feel my heart racing. And then the thoughts pop up. You don't have any control over this, Nina. You're going to have to find time to get this paperwork together. You're going to have to cancel clients. You're going to have to miss work. You're going to have to do this all because somebody's telling a lie about you out there. You have to come by and you have to prove the truth about this. And so my heartbeat is increasing as I'm in this line. And I actually start to talk to myself out loud. I know (laughs) out loud. I start to talk to myself and I say, it's going to be okay. This is temporary. It's going to be okay. This is temporary. Click save. If you have a mantra or do not have a mantra, now's a great time to add that to your emotional hijacked protocol. What is your mantra? Do you need to write it down? Do you need to commit it to memory? A great mantra for me to keep coming back to that scripted line is this is temporary. This is temporary. I can do temporary. I can use skills to get through temporary. And so that's what I was telling myself out loud. Uh, I was being quiet about it. It's not like I was like, you know, shouting into the world. This is temporary. I wasn't Broadwaying it in the airport. I was like whispering it to myself, which was very effective for me in that moment because I needed to get out of my head and into my body. So I speak it out loud. So I hear it, right? I hear it. I'm present. I'm in this space. I'm real. I'm grounding, right? But then I keep waiting in this line. I make it to the front. They look at my ID. Everything's fine. I get my bag. I go through security. Very easy. And then as I'm looking for my gate, I feel that ticking back up, ticking back up. I'm like, oh my gosh. I start to feel the pounding so intensely. I realize at this point I'm going into a panic attack. I'm panicking. I'm thinking I'm not going to have enough time to get this paperwork together. I'm going to be vulnerable because of this weekend that I just had. Did he do this on purpose, right? Are they doing this on purpose? Because they know that I'm right. I'm thinking all of these things. Clicking pause here, right? What do you do when you notice a panic attack is starting to come on, right? I think, okay, well, I'm doing everything I can to ground myself here. I need to now reach out to someone else to help me manage this moment. Okay. So who do I call? I call my mother. I call mom and mom is a safe space for me. Despite any, uh, intense arguments or disagreements we have had throughout our very human life and relationship together, mom remains a safe space for me. And so as I'm having this panic attack, I pick out my phone, take out my phone, excuse me. Right. And I dial my mother's number and I ask the first line that I always ask her is, do you have a few minutes for me. Why would I do that? Click pause, click save. Why am I asking somebody else who I'm about to ask for support for from, excuse me, if they have time for me, 
because if they don't have time, I'm going to start, this is what I need. And this is what I have. And they're going to be like, oh my God, I'm not ready for this. Right. Let's empower people, right? Let's help people, empower people to support us in this moment. So the first question I actually ask when I'm reaching out to someone is, do you have a few minutes for me? She says, yes, what's going on? And then the tears start to get bigger and the heaving starts to come, right? I'm expressing now in this moment, as I'm walking through the airport on the phone with my mother, tears are streaming down my face, streaming down my face. And I'm telling her, you know, when my voice is breaking and I go, I tell her what's happening. I I won't go into the details there. I tell her what's happening and I say, but what I need is I need you to just stay on the phone with me, right? I'm literally heaving. I say, I know this is temporary. Remember my line from earlier? I know this is temporary, mom, but I don't want to be alone right now. And I feel alone. I'm identifying how I feel. I'm expressing how I feel. And I'm not afraid to own how I feel. Because why? Because if I don't own how I feel, do you know what's going to happen? It's going to hijack me anyway. And I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist. And it's just going to keep hijacking me. This is how emotions work. If we can acknowledge them, see them and feel them and hear them, we can potentially give ourselves the support we need. So again, recap, what am I doing? I reached out to somebody else who was a safe space, right? Called mom. I have a protocol for what that call sounds like. The first line I say again, right, is do you have space for me? Do you have time for me? Do you have capacity for me, right? Use your own language on this, whatever works for you. And then I follow up with, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. And I just need someone else because I don't need to be alone. So I'm literally stating what I need in that moment, right? Because my mother doesn't know what I need but I know what I need. Why do I know what I need folks? Name of this episode, right? Basically I have an emotionally hijacking protocol. I know how to handle these moments as uncomfortable as they feel. They are not scary to me because I have a protocol and I follow that protocol. I highly encourage you to develop this as I talk about this very real situation, right? So I'm telling her exactly what I need, right? Uh, this is what I need. And then she says, well, what happened? What's wrong? And then I tell her, right? Then I tell her what happened. And I make it to the line. I'm waiting in line now. The doors are just about to open. And again, tears still streaming down my face. I have continued to breathe. I have continued to speak with my mother. At any point when my mother, right, or the person you end up calling feels like they're pulling off and they're minimizing or invalidating or saying things like, you know, it's going to be fine. You're making a big deal out of this or not that my mother was saying this, but when these things do pop up, right? It's going to be fine. You, 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 you know, you, you don't have to worry about this. You, I think you're, you know, any of those lines, you just invite them. You say, take a breath. All I'm on the phone with you right now for is I just need space to be as I am. I just need space to exist as I am in this moment because I understand it is temporary and it will pass. And so I have, I do have a moment like that with my mom and I say, you know, Mom, I, maybe we need to get off the phone because I I just need you to be able to hear and just let me be and exist in this moment. This is sad. I'm sad right now. I'm scared about whether I'm going to have time or not to be able to prepare what I need to, to show the truth about something, right? And I notice as I'm doing this, the more control I have, right? The longer I sit in line, the longer I talk with my mother, that high, high emotional state felt like I was drowning, right? Slowly but surely brings itself on down and I can breathe again. And I say, thank you so much for being here with me. I'm, I'm back to being regulated. I'm back to feeling grounded. I was still sad. There is no way to get away from that, right? But it was manageable. 
And so as I share this with you, right, I end up getting on the plane. One more thing that I will share, right? I'm still sad on the plane. I sit in my chair, tears streaming down my face still. Do I choose a movie that's super sad? Do I choose a movie that's super gory and horror filled? No. Do you know what I chose? Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Do you know why I chose that? Because click save, a part of my emotional protocol is realizing when I am emotionally vulnerable and sad, that is not the time for me to go watch some new scary movie or some new, you know, super sad drama romance. It's time for me to say, let me get a nice, healthy disruption and a nice, healthy distraction. And let me consume social media or material video wise, movie wise, even songs. Let me be around things that are going to help me in this vulnerable state. Like save on that. What helps you in your vulnerable state? Okay. We're nearing the end of the episode. And of course you guys know that I'm wondering, what are you sitting with? Has this been helpful for you? Hit me up at drama therapist, Nina on Instagram and TikTok, right? Comment below in the YouTube videos. Let me know if this is helpful and what's been so helpful for you. I want you to get your emotional hijacking protocol on. I want you to have those tools. So, so, so beneficial for me, for my clients and what I'm hoping that you get out there. It is doable. When you are emotionally hijacked, it's doable. Get you a protocol. Start learning what it is that you need to move forward. Okay. That is ultimately what we have planned for today, folks. Thank you so much for taking a minute to explore your triggers as a human being. And if this has been helpful and you'd like to support Trigger, can we play with that? Please share the episode. That is the best thing you can do is to share the episode and get this dialogue going, get more people having those emotionally hijacked protocols out there. Okay. All right. That is what I planned. That is what's going to help us find new people. So you share this episode and otherwise friends stay curious.